Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to A Simply Complex Brain, a show all about being our most authentic selves to discover the complexities of our beautiful brain. I am your host, Sim, and hopefully soon to be a new friend. Today's episode is all about learning to be alone and that journey of healing where we explore ways to get ourselves on this journey and enjoy the ride while we're on it. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of A Simply Complex Brain hosted by yours truly. Please forgive my British accent. I will be slipping in and out of it. Uh, I do not claim for it to be good, but I want to be my most authentic self with you. And that means the British accents and all. Thank you so much for joining me today and spending this time with me. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your presence. I'm so excited for this journey. I'm so excited for all the possibilities and the capabilities that I have with creating this podcast and being here with you today. I'm so excited on the journeys that we're going to go on, the tears, the laughter, the lessons, everything. We're here for it all and I'm beyond excited and beyond blessed to be here in this moment with you. Allow me to introduce myself. I am your host. You can call me Sim and it is lovely to make your acquaintance here today. Um, So a little bit about why I started this podcast. First of all, it was really just me fulfilling my everlasting dream of being Radio Rebel. If you don't know who Radio Rebel is, it is a Disney movie (laughs) that came out in the early 2010s, I believe, maybe like 2010, 2012-ish, somewhere around those years, where it was starring my girl Debbie Ryan, and, you know, she had what was her world at the time, her high school, she had their ears, honey. She was telling them everything, they were listening to her. When she said wear red, they wore red. When she said do this, they did as she said. When she said jump, they asked how high. Like everybody wanted to be her. And even though my sisters did make fun of me and be like, oh, she wants to be Radio Rebel. I did want to be Radio Rebel. I mean, like how many of us could say that we were at school to be in high school with our own radio show playing bomb music that the entire school was listening to and we only had one hater because she wanted to be us and she couldn't be like if you watch the movie you know what I'm talking about um but yeah I always wanted to do that and even though it was not like a power thing I just always was intrigued with the thought of just having someone's ear and being able to help them um and just give them bomb music now unfortunately because of the copyright and licenses laws licensing laws i won't be able to play all the songs that i would love to play for you here however um at some point in the show i would love to be able to recommend you guys good music or the music that i love um that is good music (laughs) um a lot of people who listen to my music claim otherwise but I love my music. However, I would love at some point to share that with you guys. And yeah, I just wanted to create this show to be authentically me in a place where I felt safe to allow others to feel safe, to be here, feel seen, feel heard, feel recognized, to get a laugh, get a lesson, get a word, get whatever you get out of this podcast, because I just want to be here for you. And I love you being here for me and with me. So this first episode is going to be about learning how to be alone and beginning the journey of healing. So I'll just be talking about what got me here and and on this journey, how it's going with me being on this journey and the tips that I've learned along the way that I think have been really helpful to learn and that I think will be very helpful for you to learn. This is my second time recording this episode. I originally recorded this episode on Thursday the 29th um, or the Thursday the 28th, excuse me, September 28th. And I 
recorded it. I was even starting to edit it, but as I went to sleep that night, I woke up the next day and I felt like there was so much that I had missed, so many things that I still had to say and that I didn't touch on. So now I am back. The day before I am, my podcast will be up Saturday, September 30th at 12 o'clock in the morning. It finally got silent. I had some crazy things going on. Uh, I'm staying in West Hollywood. Oh, I should also also tell you a little bit about that. So I am from South Carolina. I'm currently living in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. I love it here. I have so much, so much to learn, to grow, and just be my creative artiste self. So it's uh, so many possibilities. Truly is the place of dreams is or whatever they call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were some crazy things. There was like shooting around and before you'd be like goodness what what kind of neighborhood is she living in everywhere like here I've realized that there isn't really like a good side of town in LA everywhere is ghetto honey or my opinion so it was like on one side there was some people it was a shoot and then on the other side somebody apartment building caught on fire and I was like what is going on there are helicopters here there were sirens so I've had to wait it is now silent I am praying and hoping that everyone is safe and that everyone is calm and everything is great now um it is silent so I hope everything is taken care of but we are just gonna hop right on into it so this journey the healing journey and learning how to be alone I have always been a pretty lonely person, I can say. Um, I've always been pretty lonely, felt pretty lonely, and but I've always had a very extroverted personality. So people didn't really believe me when I would say things like, yeah, I don't really, I don't got friends like that. People were like, what do you mean? Like, how do you not have friends? And it was because I had such an extroverted personality and so many people knew me because I involved myself in so much, but I never really ever felt a belonging somewhere. I never felt that I fit in or I had a friend group or I could like I was the person I could hop around to every single table and the like in the cafeteria and I could hop around to every single table and talk a little like a little something to every single group but I didn't really feel like I could just sit in one group and just be and you know just exist I always felt like I had to do that hop around to you know get a little bit of every side of me out of something right so for as long as I can remember I always just really felt like I had to do something and be something and say something or do anything different from what was authentically me and what I wanted just brought me happiness to get people to like me to receive love and to be accepted in certain crowds and in certain areas of my life um and that's a pretty lonely place to be, to never really have anyone see who you truly are or feel like no one truly sees and understands who you really are um, was a pretty lonely place to be. So that grew into quite a severe, dark depression starting in about the sixth grade for me. And I, because I was, you know, extroverted I wanted people to love me I wanted people to like me I wanted that validation and for everyone to be like oh my goodness yes we love her we love you um I involved myself with everything I am an actress I'm a really good actress so I was able to mask a lot of that hurt that darkness that pain with a good old smile with me doing I when I say I involved myself with everything if you know me personally you know that when I was in school I was in every single club that you can think of especially like there was one year of school I was on um vice president of the student council I was on the cheer team I was on the step team I played lacrosse I I did it all so I truly just did all that so I would never have to be alone because I didn't enjoy being alone 
every time that I was alone, I had to remember that everything that made me me, I couldn't be that. I didn't want to be that. So my queerness, my loudness, my everything, I couldn't be that or I felt that I couldn't be that in certain places. And for someone growing up in South Carolina, if you know that it is a very conservative, very traditional place, there isn't that um, eccentric all of that no thank you we're not doing that here you just say yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir and you go on about your day and you do what people what you're expected to do right so that was me I never enjoyed being I hated being alone like when I say hated there was a point where I didn't even enjoy looking at myself. I recall a time where I even, I put a blanket, I was putting blankets over my mirrors at home because I didn't even want to look at myself. It was that bad. Like I battled with self-harm. I battled, I, it was, it was dark, honey. It really was. And I dealt with that pretty much up until, to be completely honest with you, maybe about a couple months ago, um, but it was it was really really bad um or up until the beginning of this year I can say um so just with feeling like I had to do so many things and feeling like I had to be something different after a while I kind of got I had grown tired of it I had just got exhausted of kind of putting on that mask every day and being something different and just having to show up as something completely different and so for me I in addition to hating myself I hated school so I couldn't stand it like every single day I was just like what what is the point (laughs) especially when I was so depressed you know like it was just like what is like what am what am I here for literally so I Ended up my sophomore year, which was COVID year, and I spent the entire year online. And as you can imagine, for someone who hated themselves and hated being alone, being stuck and locked down by yourself, it was great because I'm quite introverted. So it was nice to not have to like get up and go and see people every day. But then at the same time, I was just like, oh, I am stuck with myself. Like it was horrible. So that year, at the end of that year, I kind of decided like, you know what, I'm done with this school thing. And I had kind of been thinking about the idea of graduating early. But by the end of that year, I was like, okay, why not? I hated my time. I don't like my time being wasted. So what am I going to be here another year for another two years, just enduring all of this annoyance and nonsense for what? So that year, I decided to graduate early, applied, took some summer classes so I could have an easy senior year. I did the doggone thing, and lo and behold, the next year I was graduating. And I was like, that right there, I think, you know, it brought me out a little bit. It, it kind of put the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, oh my goodness, I'm out of here. And, you know, you kind of feel like once you graduate, you know, that's it's kind of like that opportunity for you to get out or that's, that's what I saw it as like, oh, my goodness, I can leave. I can go. And that year I was so convinced, like I was trying to get away, honey. I was trying to go to Europe. I was like, listen, no, I got to go. I got to get out of here. So that year I also decided that I wasn't going to be doing any more of the whole you know, just involving myself with everything, exhausting myself to be something for other people. I was through with it. So um, I quit everything. I didn't work that year. I didn't involve myself in any clubs. I was actually, I was in student council and I ended up quitting that year because that's what I was like, listen, I can't do it. I was, I was through. So I, I don't know, I guess I was going into the year being like, okay, this is going to be my opportunity to, you know, get to know myself and do all of that. But other things happened. So that year, I also got into my first relationship and I was so deeply, so crazily in love, as Beyonce would say, like, oh my goodness, when I tell y'all, It was anybody who experiences a first love, you kind of know the intensity that you feel 
within that like oh my goodness because you know the same way babies when they experience an emotion or experience anything for the first time they end up you know like crying it's usually their response but you're just like this is such a new and massive emotions and it's so intense oh my gosh and that's literally what it was I was so in love and everybody would oh my goodness you are obsessed with this boy like you are in love with him and I'm not gonna lie to y'all I really was I truly truly was and so I got in that relationship and I kind of lost all the interest that I had at the beginning of that year <laughs> that was kind of like oh I'm gonna get to my, know myself because at that point I was like okay well now I don't have to because it from the same way how I didn't let anybody or I felt like no one understood me at that point I was kind of afraid to let anybody truly truly see me so I would let him see things of me and get to know me up into it to an extent and I don't think he ever knew that but um that's just what it was but I didn't I didn't have to be alone with myself because I was so in love I had someone that was so in love with me so I was like okay I don't what's the point <laughs> of trying to figure out how to be alone like I'm not alone anymore I literally have someone that's so in love with me but as you can imagine I still had a lot of those insecurities, all of that. It was still there. That crippling self-hatred still there, babe. All of it was still there. And even though in the beginning, you know, you feel everything is so strong. It's so intense. It's so new. So you don't really have to focus on the rockiness I guess of yourself because you're just so involved with the other person especially when you are in high school you know you, all you have to and we were seniors we barely had schoolwork we barely had anything like super serious in school at that point so literally all day every day we were all we were seeing like whenever all his friends they were like goodness you just take him away and I was like yes I do and I didn't have any friends so there was no one for him to take me away from which built a very horrible codependency from my side but you know we're that's another episode we'll talk about it we'll get into this whole that whole relationship and but that self-hatred all those problems everything it hadn't gone away it was just being disguised so it was kind of being pressed down and you know when you build so much pressure onto something that at some point it just pops out and goes like like it's crazy right that's what happened for me so we were together a little over a year everything was going great until um until it wasn't I'm not gonna get into the relationship on this episode we're gonna get into it on another episode but yeah everything was just it, it was great until it wasn't and all the, everything that I was dealing with kind of partly was the reason as to why that relationship ended and after getting out of that relationship as someone who hated to be alone and never had the desire to be alone I was now alone like really alone because I at that point I had graduated high school so it wasn't like I had the distraction I was working but the job that I got it it allowed me to be very isolated and which was why I got that job because I was like I don't want to talk to anybody I don't want to be around people I just want to be by myself so that job it was literally just me so when we broke up I was like oh my goodness like when I tell you it was the scariest thing so that was what kind of sparked that journey because I was just so adamant about fixing the things that I had done to that relationship to get that relationship back to get that bond back which it was a great spark and why I'm appreciative of that breakup you know because it put me on this journey and I wouldn't have had any desire to do that if I was still in that relationship however my reasoning behind it was kind of like come on girl like please get up off your knees like come on right so that's what sparked the journey that I'm on now and kind of started into the whole healing so 
what is healing in the first place? It's healing, let's I want to destigmatize what the healing process looks like. I feel like because of societal standards and especially because of social media, it makes us feel like that healing has to look a certain way, right? And we're supposed to be doing a certain thing in healing. And I recognized a lot on this journey that it's it's not at all what they make it seem like on social media. Like I feel a lot on social media, they make it seem like healing is just like you're alone, you stay alone, you're by yourself, you cry a lot, you are going through a lot, but you're alone. Or that's that's just how I felt like it's been portrayed in the media recently. But that's not at all what I've been experiencing um, or completely, but we'll get into that. So the definition of healing Healing means to alleviate a person's distress or anguish or to correct or put right an undesirable situation. And so that's what the definitions are. But what does that mean in terms of us? So for us, that means becoming aware of what has hurt you. So if you're trying to correct or put right um, an undesirable situation or you're trying to alleviate a person's distress, you have to figure out what it is that's causing that, you know, so becoming aware of what has hurt you and your responses to that pain, recognizing your triggers and your triggers for that wound and the responses that you have to those triggers. And then ultimately, it's behaving differently, appropriately and healthily when those triggers are inevitably set off by something or someone. Because we know that we can't control what people do to us. We can't control what experiences, what situations we, we, or we can't always control what we step into, right? So when that does happen, that we're able to navigate it in a healthy way. So the first step that I kind of recognize is to healing is awareness. Because you can't fix a problem if you don't even know what the problem is, right? So to do work, any work, you have to be specific about the problem. You have to be able to acknowledge a problem fully and completely before being able to figure out how it's causing issues in the first place. So imagine if you go to the doctor and you're just like, doc, doc, I have just this huge, consistent headache and it's so bad. And the doctor goes, you know, Nurse Roberts, go ahead and schedule that appointment for tomorrow. We're putting them on the operating table. You would be like, whoa, <laughs> hold on. Let's let's take a step back. Let's pause and figure it out. Like, you don't even know what I'm going on the table for. Like, you're, you're probably going to cut my leg open when really it's my shoulder or it's my hip, right? Like, you're just like, listen, let's let's be intentional here. Let's pinpoint where the issue is first. Do a couple tests, assess the situation, and then we can go from there. But like one to the extreme is kind of crazy. We acknowledge that. So that's what it <laughs> that's what we have to do for us. And one of the main reasons why awareness is such a daunting step it's a step that honestly turns a lot of us away from beginning the journey is because with awareness comes admittance right it requires confrontation to a lot of things to memory to feelings to trauma things that we may have suppressed and pushed away for years because when we recount those memories in a sense it would cause us to relive a lot of those moments that we recognize have severely damaged us right and Sometimes we suppress it for the sake of our relationships and our lives and the connections that we so desperately yearn for, you know, like we are aware that sometimes if we speak the truths of moments that involve the people that we love and care about the most, that it'll hurt them. And we don't want to hurt the people that we love. At least most of us don't. Um, And if it's not those, then it can be the reason why we may suppress these feelings is because we've been pushed into a corner of shame and fear that if we speak and acknowledge the things that have hurt us or wounded us, 
that we are unworthy in a way that we've let ourselves be silenced by the fear of weakness and thinking that speaking your truth gives power to that situation or whoever has hurt you. But I am here to tell you that the damage done to you at any point in your life, it isn't irreversible, right? So you, but you must give yourself the full opportunity to heal from those moments by owning your story, regardless of who it hurts. Recognizing you give more power to a situation or to a person by allowing that pain to do more damage by controlling the way you behave, the way you think, right? I know, and I know, as someone who is on this journey and has already made aware of some things and still have some things I still am working to become aware on, right? It is much easier said than done, but robbing yourself of the opportunity for the sake of others you know, to live that truth or acknowledge that truth, it hurts you more in the long run because you are the only one that has to live with your pain. You are the only one who has to wake up and deal with whatever that is or deal with how it's affecting you and affecting your relationships, affecting how you do this or do that in all these different scenarios, right? So, You have to give yourself, you have to give yourself the opportunity to heal from those moments. You cannot control someone's perception of you or of a situation. The only thing that you can control is you. Our greatest freedom lies in the way that we react to things, right? So take control of the power in that freedom. Know that your perspective, your feelings are not an opinion. So they cannot be right or wrong. So for me, I was aware of my insecurities, but I wasn't exactly sure what caused them and why something that was in my head and seemingly only about me was affecting the relationships in my life and how I make decisions. So like I said, I was a little bit desperate trying to get my ex back so I was trying to figure it all honey I was doing all the tests looking up all things like listen I gotta get this boy back so cue the discovery of attachment styles right so if you don't know what attachment styles are or the attachment theory it refers to the patterns of bonding that people learn as children and carry into their adult relationships they're typically thought to originate from the type of care one received in their earliest years. Basically, it's measured upon the confidence we held in our primary caregiver or caregivers, if you were fortunate to have the presence of two in your upbringing, to provide adequate support, protection, and comfort in times of distress. So with my personal results, so there's tests out there. If you don't know what your attachment style is, I highly advise you to go take a test just type in attachment style quiz on google a bunch will go up i took one that i think was by the attachment project i really liked it it gave me a chart it kind of you know measured and everything like that but there are a bunch of quizzes please go out there and take it um it will help you it will help recognize so many things and make it so much easier to a not feel alone and knowing that there are millions and millions of people that have that same attachment style as you that kind of navigate their issues in a way the same way that you do right and it kind of gives you a really good understanding of where you should start and what are some things you should work on in terms of yourself and just all of I I highly recommend it please go take a quiz it's nothing but five minutes. It's only as long. It only takes as long as you make it take. So on the top of the thing, because I just had one of my family members take it, it said that you can learn your attachment theory in five minutes or less. Go do it. Go help yourself. Help your family members. Help your future partners. Help everybody by helping yourself and learning your attachment style. Anyways, back. So 
after I found out my results of my attachment style and just, you know, me doing all that research and getting just revelations of being like, oh my goodness, I recognized that every single relationship and experience you encounter within the first, the most developmental stages of your life, childhood and adolescence, regardless of the significance of said situations, directly correlates to the way you go about life after that. So it could be the way your older sibling, you know, they might have just taken your stuff. Your parents may not have listened to you, your friends at school, your first friends, right? They may have called you crazy or weird for feeling your feelings or just doing simple things that you enjoy. How many of us we recognize we have these friends, we share things, and you know, because these are our first friends, we don't know. We don't know what a good friendship is like. So, and especially this is so prevalent in men because I've heard heard and seen a lot of their relationships. They'll you'll feel something or like kind of have an emotion and I'll be like, you crazy. Like, come on. Why are you, why are you acting like that? You're, you're ruining the vibes, all the things. Right. And so a lot of these behaviors and the way that people made us feel, we were made to believe was normal. Right. A lot of actions that we're exposed to, especially from those that we're under the impression the most without reproval were made to seem acceptable and most of us specifically speaking of when we were young began to enact these repeated behaviors deemed acceptable and habits unconsciously develop and becomes a bit hard to shake off once you're an adult as most of us know we've developed a lot of things in our childhood and then we get older and they're like oh that doesn't work fix it and then you're just like oh my gosh I have to work at this every single day of my life to fix this and yes you do because if you've done something almost every single day or watch something to be one way every single day for the first 18 years of your life and especially for those of us who are still very young adults so that means it was probably like a couple months ago that we were watching these things play out right Then when we get to college or we get into the adult world or we do whatever it is, we start developing these adult relationships. And it's not all just always just romantic. It's professional. It's with your adult friends, all these things. And you recognize like, oh, my gosh, like this is a lot because it is. It truly is. And all I can say is I'm sorry, kid. I truly, <laughs> I truly am. Right. So for a lot of us, it may have just been an argument between our parents or a strong verbal or sometimes physical. That wasn't allowed in my household, um, but a strong verbal or physical disagreement between our siblings. It may have been your mother yelling at you or your father's refusal to display his emotions. But these unconscious displays of unhealthy behavior and improper communication practiced repeatedly for what is usually the first 18 years of our lives now becomes normal for us. So how can we expect ourselves to behave any differently in our adult relationships? To just have established the know-how of handling situations that mimic these same scenarios, right? So when you were five and you were hurt by a situation, you probably just sat alone and cried. You went in your room, just cried to yourself, like, I'm going to run away. Because for me, I was just like, oh. you know, you know, the traditional things that we all do when we're young and we you were hurt. And yeah, all we all know. We all know. We all experience it. And so you may have just, you know, sat alone and cried, you know, was very expected of someone at that age but because of the society we live in we're brought up in situations making us believe that our tears are our weakness and that speaking our truths isn't okay and that even in issues that truly hurt us and we display our natural emotions it's not appropriate 
how many of us, um, especially any of you that grew up in a black household can, you know, recall a time where you may have been crying and your parents like, what are you crying for? Stop all that crying, especially if they (laughs) they beat you with your tail. Right. And they're like, stop all that crying. What are you crying for? And so in the moment, we're probably like, oh, my gosh, like you just you just beat me. (laughs) And, And now you're asking me why I'm crying. So just little stuff like that. Right. Which may seem little because at the time, you know, we're totally believe like okay this is normal like that's just how it's just that's just how parents do right so in these moments where we recognize that speaking our truths and displaying natural ways of emotions isn't okay we begin to suppress that and we begin to figure out ways to make sure that that five-year-old in us is never made to feel that inadequacy we felt then right we make sure that that 14 year old in us that didn't understand why we were being made to feel the way that we did so unfairly never has to be alone in that hurt again so as insignificant as those moments may have seemed and anything else wounds were created And a lot of the reason behind why we dismiss the impact of the way that people treat us is because a lot of the time someone told us that it was a joke or we weren't supposed to feel the way we felt just because they didn't mean it that way. Right. Anybody can relate to that. Yeah. So (laughs) and the only difference between jokes and offensive statements is the way they're quote-unquote supposed to be received but unfortunately we can't control the way people perceive things the only thing we can control is what we do and say so we especially can't expect someone at a young age unexperienced with the way people you know the treatment of people to be able to differentiate when something is a joke or not which is why we watch the things that we say and do around children because we are aware that they may internalize our actions right it doesn't matter the way someone meant anything or what their intentions were what matters is the way something made you feel and that affects validates any emotion that you may feel right our feelings are not right or wrong Our actions, however, can be. So in these initial moments, you may have felt vulnerable and unable to protect yourself. And because these this was these were the people closest to you. Excuse me, it's going to happen. I said authentically me. But (laughs) because these are the people that are closest to you and who we would traditionally go to in moments of distress, you recognize that you can't go to them in those moments, that you don't feel safe with them in these moments. And so that's when you that's when you begin to teach yourself these things to make sure to protect yourself in future situations that are similar. And if you don't know what that's called, that's called a trauma response. So the reason why you pop off at the mouth immediately when someone does something to you or you know just literally anything that you do in response of someone hurting you and you may be they did not hurt me if they made you feel some type of way and you do something that's not a healthy display of character then yeah more than likely that was a trauma response so we developed these trauma responses um just because of life and the experiences that we have. And that brings us into step two, which is forgiveness. Because now that you know why, you're probably a little bit pissed about it. Or if it was just me. So once we recognize these moments, right, and we've made ourselves aware of these insecurities and the causes behind them are 
immediate reaction or at least mine was anger. I was angry with myself as to how I could have allowed things from my past to affect the things I cared so deeply about in my present, right? I was confused as to how the people that claimed to love me as much as they did could hurt me, especially so young. And I was angry as to why the people that I hurt because of my past couldn't just understand that I wasn't intentionally trying to hurt them. But that was it. That was my key to forgiveness. See, to forgive requires empathy and understanding that you may not know someone's why, but if you can take a step back from solely of how you feel, you can recognize that if you can act out of pain, so can they, right? All those people that have hurt you, if you have done that to someone, if you have gotten to the point where you recognize and you take accountability that you've done something to hurt someone, but you know it's not intentional, that some the people that you love that may have done that to you, it, it is the same thing. So if something that has hurt you as a little one causes you to act the way that you do, they might have had this same experience, right? We must remind ourselves that everyone is human, right? And going through life the very first time, every single person, your mother, your grandmother, your aunt, even though that they gain wisdom from experience, they are still going through life the very first time. So I want you to, A, just think about, how the things that you are probably dealing with, if you aren't a parent yet, just the stuff that you are dealing with in your personal life. And if you are a parent, recognizing how much of a task that is, how much of, and if you've only been shown one thing, if you've only been taught one thing, if you've only experienced one thing, and you haven't been shown the resources to make that change, to recognize that, going when you go through life for that first time that it's it's gonna be a little bit difficult it is because it's not something that you're used to (laughs) so the way that you were little and you've gone through things and now you respond to life a certain way because of that your parents went through the exact same thing and so did theirs Because your age just speaks to how long you've been on the earth, but it doesn't speak to the things that you've experienced in the time being. So for me, I kind of recognize if hurt people hurt people, then people who truly love and practice forgiveness can heal people. And I decided I wanted to be that for my kids. I want it to be that for my partner. I want it to be that for my family, right? I want to be the love that people experience to make them recognize that after the hardships of healing, after you go through that awareness and you get through the really dark and scary parts that makes you go back to feeling like that little girl or that little boy, that little person in that moment, and just feeling those same emotions over it, that's very scary, even at our big age, <laughs> even if it's been a decade, even if, the per- even if the person that caused that moment in your life isn't even in your life anymore. It can still be so incredibly difficult to revisit that and relive that and just be back in that moment, right? But knowing, having that knowledge, having just an inkling of that right so for me I recognize the healing I know that the healing journey does not stop until the day that I die to the day that I'm with my Lord and Savior right that's when the healing will stop I'll be healed 
sanctified, Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. Amen. And I will be with the Lord (laughs) and I will be great. Everything will be great. I will be fine. So that's when the healing journey stops. But for now, I recognize that I am still going to, even when I'm 40, even it doesn't matter. It's still going to be a continuous thing. But however, if I keep focused, if I keep working on myself, after going through all of those hardships and allowing myself to properly heal from it comes the joy of healing. So you go through the hard parts, you go through the hard parts and then you come back or you go through it and you get to the joyous part of it, which is having all this knowledge all of these resources all of this power to not only help yourself but help the people that you love and care about and not even just them just help the people that you recognize are having a hard time and you know what it's like to be there and you know how hard and heavy that was to deal with that and just know that I would love to be I would love to help you And that's kind of what this podcast was for me. I recognized that I had some pretty incredible things to say. And I had, even in the life that I've lived, I, it hasn't been that much life, but I had so much experience in certain things and in certain areas that I could help people. And I wanted to help people because the joy that I'm beginning to experience, I, I told y'all, I hated being alone. And now, before I even make the decision to do anything with anybody else, I'm like, will this situation, will this party, will this everything feel like how I felt when I was dancing in my mirror the other day, when I was, you know, sitting here podcasting when I was doing my work writing or anything if it's not going to bring me that same joy when I am sober and alone then what am I doing it with you for (laughs) why what am I wasting my time doing that for no thank you so wrecking being able to get get to know myself and recognize the joys in being me has been an incredible place to be, especially after hating myself for so long. Mm, I love myself. I And I still have so much love to discover for myself and to give for myself. But where I'm at right now, it's such, I, I've come so far. So I'm so excited to go even further and just experience so much more of this, right? So that brings up brings us into step three, which is change. Now, don't confuse change with transformation. And I believe that's where the societal definition kind of throws us. So transformation is the beginning of change. And that is what happens in isolation. So transformation is going through steps one and two and taking the time to equip yourself for the change that's coming. It's when you give yourself time to make room for who you want to become, the versions of yourself you know is capable of greatness, right? So transformation happens when you allow yourself to withstand that isolation. So when you do go out back amongst the world, you know that your isolation should be a place of peace and not a place of fear. So as someone, I've said that for me, I hated being alone, but I had to recognize that being alone was my greatest strength because now I don't need, feel the need to accept anything less from anyone else because I can give myself so much I can fulfill myself in so many ways that if someone isn't doing the same or even giving different benefits then I'm like okay so what's the point right so when you're left alone with your thoughts you can recognize that even with the good the bad and the ugly of those thoughts 
that you can come out of that and exhibit greatness and wholeness and security. And sometimes we can think that we've changed while in isolation when really all we've done is just guard ourselves from being triggered. Oh, I've changed. But then you go back in the world and you start going, you put yourself back in situations where you know that if you're, oh, when I do this thing and when I'm around these group of people, this group of people, or when I'm back in this or doing, practicing these behaviors or just all of that, recognizing, listen, that brings something out of me that I don't want to be anymore. And being alone we can sometimes think that we've gotten through that but how do we know that we've gotten through it if we won't allow ourselves to go out amongst the world where the triggers are nobody can trigger you if you alone alone at home (laughs) I mean you can trigger yourself in a lot of ways but in the most fundamental ways is in building relationships where a lot of the triggers comes out How, how is any How are you supposed to test and make sure that you're doing better if you're sitting in the house alone? I'm just saying. So go out. The change happens when you're out in the world and when you are inevitably triggered in life and you know that you hold a new power developed in that transformation and you refuse to allow anything or anyone to bring you back to a place that you aren't called to be in. A place of hurt, a place of anxiety, a place of depression, a place of confusion. And change is so incredibly important because it allows you not only to maintain, but sustain this life that you've created for yourself. That you are cultivating an environment for that new you to grow in. And continue to grow and continue to be better and continue to be the best version. That this life of joy and love and peace and comfort is visible in all areas of your life. It's so that when you get that next job opportunity, that when you're in that next relationship, and even when you're back in the places that may have once broken you, you've taught yourself to value one of the most important things in your life, yourself. And in turn, recognizing, having the capability to recognize and value all the beautiful things in your life and everything that is to come. So I'm going to end this episode off with a question. And that question is, when was the last time you were alone and happy? So I mean truly alone and happy. Not when somebody was nearby, not with distractions, not with mind-altering substances, but when it was just you and your thoughts. How did you feel? Did you feel happy? Did you feel safe? If the answer is yes, that's incredible. Think of the ways that you can make that even better. Think of the ways how you can cultivate that to help other people, the people that you love, and then eventually help the people that you don't even know but are rec- you recognize that they are having a hard time. And then if your answer is no, if you were alone and you weren't so happy that's okay but now you have a place to start you know the healing journey it can be very scary because you're like oh that is such a long road that's such a long journey ahead of me that is a really long road sim trust me honey I know I I know it I do know that it it is a long journey but it's an incredible journey to be on if you give yourself the opportunity to experience it and don't look that far down on down the road why you're not there yet look at the steps right in front of you look at exactly where you are right now and work on that so we're starting with the question with when was the last time you were alone and happy you don't have to answer right now write it down 
come back to it this episode isn't going anywhere come back to me listen you know figure out the things that you need to do but I am here for you and I want to, I want to be there for you if you let me I want to help you and I want you in turn to help me keep me on my thing keep me on my p's and q's y'all I need your help and I, I I just truly appreciate it and I can say one last thing that if you are scared or if you're worried about doing this especially if you're feeling like you got to do it by yourself I'm here to tell you that you do not have to do this alone. You don't have to do it alone. And if you try to do it alone, it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to do it by yourself. And I know that it's harder to do it by yourself because when I tried to do it by myself, I was depressed and alone. (laughs) So there is... And I don't mean do it by yourself as in find a therapist because I know therapy is a luxury. We can't all afford therapy. It doesn't mean finding new friends because finding friends is hard. And, you know, if you don't trust the friends that you have now or if you don't really want to share that with the people in your life right now, I don't even mean them. I don't mean a stranger. I don't mean a YouTube video. I mean one and one thing only. Can you guess it? If you can guess it, give yourself a hand clap. (laughs) But that's God. God can help you. And although I won't speak about my personal experience and journey with God in this episode and right now. If you've had an experience that has unfortunately driven you away from him. um, Whether if that was a person, whether if that was a place a memory, whatever it is, I urge you and I will help you out. If you need help, if you are confused or want to, please DM me, send me an email, do whatever it is that you need to do. All of that will be available on my Instagram. Please reach out to me. I would love to help you. I would love to be there for you. I would love to show you and give you the opportunity to introduce you to him. And give you the opportunity to grow in his love and just experience what incredible relationship that is. Because this journey will be, it will be hard. It's not pretty. It's not easy. It's very unpredictable. But you don't have to do it alone. I haven't been doing it alone. And that is why it has, it field has felt so much easier so much lighter I feel like I I know I have a sense of direction I know my path I know where I'm supposed to go and I also know that there will be times I'll probably you know step the wrong way look the wrong way do the wrong thing but I know that if I continue to equip myself in the best way possible and I stay focused on God and keep God with me, that everything will be okay. And in this podcast, I know this episode was a little, it was a little dark. It made you think a little bit. It probably, you know, have you in a little space like goodness. Not every episode will be like this, but I wanted to start off this episode in this way so we can kind of recognize that we're on this path and this journey to grow together and this is what my journey and of feeling laughter and feeling joy and being able to talk about just the craziest things started with me being able to heal you know I didn't want to be nothing was funny to me when I was depressed if you were talking to me I had the biggest attitude ask anybody in my family they were oh my goodness why are you so angry what is your problem and I was angry I had a lot of things going on but now when things happen I actually laugh I'm like oh my goodness this is so funny (laughs) because I guess I kind of felt like if I dealt with 
something that deep and dark and scary that dealing go getting through anything else in comparison would be a walk in the park i'm going to end this podcast now this episode i will see you in the next episode i love you god loves you more thank you so much for being here and i will see you in the next one peace hey guys it's sim here thank you so much for hanging out with me if you enjoyed this episode please like rate review share follow and all the other things that will help both i and this beautiful show of mine grow follow me on instagram at simply complex and send me a dm of your favorite part take care of you work on yourself stay focused on god and everything will work out see you in the next episode